Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to have on Lawyer Business Advantage my friend and colleague, Laura Renner, president and founder of Freedom Makers Virtual Services. Laura, welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, finally. <laughs> yes, thanks, Alay. I'm happy to be here. So I've got a question for you. When it comes to virtual services and attorneys, what is the number one thing that attorneys should be thinking about as they explore virtual services of all kinds? The number one thing they should be thinking about is what are their strengths, what gives them energy, and therefore, what should they look at delegating first, if that makes sense. Give me an example. So an example is, especially with sort of solo practicing attorneys, right? You're balancing running a business and practicing law. And presumably, most people enjoy practicing law more than running a business, right? And so then if that's the case, then they probably don't like the client intake process, or there's might be certain parts of it they don't like, maybe scheduling the first meeting, that kind of thing. So that's what it's like, okay, that part is what always slows me down or what trips me up. So that's the part I'm going to delegate first. And so that's that helps not only grow their practice, but also I call it energy management instead of time management, because it might only take 30 seconds, but if it totally drains you or makes you put off doing anything else, then it's taking longer than that because it's costing you energy. So that's why I say, like, think about things around what drains your energy and get rid of delegate those things first. I love that. I expect some of our audience is thinking, that sounds like my clients, they drain my energy. <laughs> <laughs> if that's you and you're listening to this, don't worry. I've got a whole other segment on that that we can cover. But uh, virtual services means different things to different people. And what does it mean to you in the context of Freedom Makers? Yes. So we are, by definition, a virtual assistant agency. Um, but we do so much more than that. So that's why we refer to ourselves as virtual services. But other people might think that's a tech platform, or they might think that's um, various different things. But for us, we are virtual assistants, plus virtual assistants and more. Well, tell me about the end more. Well, so we hire military spouses to be the virtual assistants, and they come with a wide variety of skills. So while they are being doing administrative work and being an assistant in that regard, we have ones that are helping coordinate projects, even managing projects, or they really become collaborative partners with our clients. And just, you know, especially the solo business, right? You're wearing all the hats, your marketing, IT, finance, operations, customer service. And so then when the Freedom Maker joins the team, then they become either they start wearing some of those hats or they help you wearing those hats. And so they become more of a collaborative partner than quote unquote, just an assistant, if that makes sense. It does. And we're going to dig into that more. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for your service to our country. Deeply appreciated. And I know you have a deep connection to Freedom Makers because of that. Tell us a little bit about how you started Freedom Makers and why. Yeah, so I was originally doing recruiting for small businesses, and I was meeting a lot of business owners who weren't ready to hire or weren't ready to commit, even with a part-time 
employee, partially because maybe their revenue wasn't consistent or predictable enough, or they just didn't have enough work for even part-time. They just needed something super part-time. Um, meanwhile, you know, I, I had been out of the military at that point for about mm, maybe seven, eight years, but my brother was still in. And I was seeing my sister-in-law go through trying to find work every time they moved. I watched my mom go through that. You know, we grew up as a military family and even co-workers, spouses go through that when I was in. And I just saw that there's this untapped source of talent on the military spouse side and this unmet need, especially in the solopreneur side. And I just thought, let's do it. Let's go for it. And so that's what led me to start it. Love that. And there's a huge... Uh, potential, I think, in the law firm space. And I know you work with a lot of law firms. What are some of the traditional law firm roles that the freedom makers uh, fill for firms? I think a big one is client intake, systematizing that and then making that run more smoothly. Um, The example I like to give is like, if you think about um, uh, contracts is like almost like your kitchen cupboard. And let's say every time you empty the dishwasher, you put the bowls in a different place. And it's sort of like, if you don't have a template for your contract and you just go to your email and find the last client that you sent a contract to, that kind of thing. So when you have it systematized, you're able to have someone else take care of it for you, especially if you have things that are that you get from every client. So every client fills out a certain form or they have a certain appointment that they make with you. All that can be systematized and handed off to a virtual assistant. And so we see that a lot. In fact, and we know that Clio is a popular tool. So we, we're always looking for military spouses that have Clio experience because that's a big part of client intake and just managing the client from an admin side. Um, and then if the attorney is using social media, they will oftentimes ask their freedom maker to help with the consistency of posting and even sometimes curating or creating content for that. Sometimes too, they will have their freedom makers help with email and calendar management particularly a solopreneur where you might have um, leads coming into your email and you just don't have time to track it all. And, and so then you might have your freedom maker sort of organizing your email for you so you can get to those leads um, a little bit faster. Awesome. So client intake, social media, and then you know leads management through email and calendaring those uh, consultations. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. And one of the challenges that my clients run into a lot when they're looking at bringing in an outsourced service provider is they don't have the process in place. So if they go hire a virtual assistant, they've got to then spend all this time trying to figure out the process and train the virtual assistant on the process. And it turns out to be a big headache. How do you overcome that in your work with law firms? Well, even a little bit before that, we offer a task audit that could just help them determine what to um, out, what to delegate. But during the sort of onboarding process, we're asking them, what do you have in mind for what you'd like your freedom maker to do? And we're looking for, even if they don't have a process built, if they at least have it in mind, then they can have their freedom maker build it for them or document it for them. But if they don't even, if they can't even pause to create something, just think about it, then we know they're probably never going to get off the ground with their freedom maker. So that's one of the things we actually look for is even if you don't have it built, if you just have what you think it would look like, then they oftentimes they work with their freedom maker to capture that and then to go build it for them. So I think that's a really important distinction. And hopefully you attorney entrepreneurs that are listening will pick up on this to actually have the virtual assistant service and the virtual assistant collaborate with you to take the heavy lifting off of your shoulders to build your process for you and document it for you is huge value add. So that's 
fantastic, Laura, that that you all provide that. And you mentioned something that I want to dig into a little bit. You mentioned something about a, a task audit or something like that. What's yeah, that? So we're a small business too, so we use small business tools, and it's a job form, but it's you can click a different f- sort of functions like marketing or operations, where you're like, I don't. These are the things I'm thinking about delegating. And then when you do that, it opens up with some common solopreneur tasks. And then you choose only I can do this. Someone else can definitely do this, or it could go either way. And it just helps trigger ideas for people in what they could delegate or what definitely needs to stay in their in their uh, bucket, if you will. Got it. Got it. Awesome. And so now we're going to move to the other side of the coin. We've talked a lot about how they can actually take advantage of these virtual services. Um, well, let's talk about maybe some situations where virtual services aren't a good fit because it's really important for clients to know that. So what are some situations where uh, you would not recommend the client actually uh, hire a virtual assistant? Great question. I think there are a couple things. One, maybe not for attorneys, but in businesses in general, where they sometimes think they can delegate sales. And because in their mind, if they only pay if the sales closes, then it's a win-win for them. What I have seen though, is when they do that, they really don't, no one can sell as good as they can, right? And especially an attorney where you're selling your expertise, right? So we don't necessarily do that in in our firm, but also just in general, if for using it for sales, I'm not talking about lead generation, but just actually closing the sale. Yeah, consultation, yeah. Exactly, I don't recommend that. The other piece for us at least is anything that's sort of live-based, such as answering a phone. Um, for us, you know, we charge by the hour. It's not really cost efficient. There are answering services that charge by the minute or by the call. That's a better fit. Um, and then finally, some law may need to be done in person, right? Some can be done virtually. But if you're thinking about like things that would be handled by an associate attorney, you know, that you can't, you wouldn't want to delegate. I also see that sometimes they're wanting to delegate paralegal work to a virtual assistant, which you really want to make sure you're relying on someone with that expertise, a paralegal expertise. Um, so yeah, so it's more like seeing, you know, what is it, what's what's the word appropriate for a virtual assistant level versus a paralegal, and then versus in person, you know. I mean, I'm the owner of a virtual firm. I believe most things can be done virtually um, in the services space. So it really depends on the clients you serve and and what you're willing to do virtually in that regard. But as far as what you can outsource or delegate, you want to delegate what gives you that most impact. So for example, consultation is probably not a good thing to delegate unless it's to an associate attorney who's been with you a long time, that kind of thing, right? And even then, maybe not. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, those are are great tips. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, And you mentioned another great word, which I want to dig into, which is delegation. Um, Attorneys generally haven't been trained in management techniques of people. A lot of them are just naturally talented at it and they're just able to do it. Many are not. And so uh, oftentimes uh, a virtual relationship may not work out because the attorney's not great at delegating. So how do you address that issue? Yes. So tactically, right off the bat, I, I always recommend have a regularly scheduled meeting with whoever's not working with you virtually or whoever is working with you virtually, uh, whether that's weekly. I would suggest at least weekly. Um, so that you're able to keep base with them and touch base, that kind of thing. Um, 
The other thing, particularly for firms that might be in a hybrid environment where you have people in the office as well as virtual, have a single source of truth that is online. You run that risk of if you make a decision in the hallway talking to someone and that doesn't get shared company-wide, then the people who are working virtually miss out on that decision. And then that impacts culture, that impacts the way the firm can move forward when half the team knows something and the other half doesn't. So you want to make sure that you're deliberate about having that single source of truth. But when it comes to delegation, whether it's in person or virtual, I love recommending the five levels of delegation and they can vary by task or responsibility. And it's just really a question of how much control you want to have. So level one is do exactly what I said, how I said to do it, when I said to do it, don't do anything outside of that, right? And level five is I trust you completely. Don't even update me, just take care of it. And then kind of in between like level two might be go do the research and share with me what you found. And then I will make a decision and tell you what to do next. Level three might be do that research, make a recommendation, but I still decide and we'll tell you what to do next. And level four is do the research, make a decision, tell me what you did, right? And so, and it can vary. It could be this task, I want level one, that task, I want level five. And then that can help you determine who to hire as well as how much you're willing to let go or how much sort of wiggle room you're willing to give them. Uh, I really like that. Um, and what's interesting about that is when they hire a freedom maker, which is their virtual assistant, and comes on board, they, they may have a very specific scope. And then as they start to build trust and rapport with the freedom maker, now they want them to do more things because they trust them more. But even though yes. they trust them more, they still have to be careful because if it's a new task for the freedom maker, they, it's really challenging to just say, well, I still trust you completely. Go ahead and figure out this completely new task on your own. Um, what tips do you have for um, uh, for the attorneys who are looking to expand the response, the responsibilities of their virtual assistant? Great question. And, and I will go back and say too, that I've seen that too, where someone's like, well, I'm going to start them at a level one or a level two. And as I trust them, I'll open up to level four or something. But some people aren't capable of moving. They're always going to want to know explicit instructions on how to do something, or they're always going to do it their way, regardless of what you ask them to do, right? So so I always, when people say that, I recommend, well, really only consider expanding up or, up or down one or two levels. You're really, after that, you might be getting beyond capability, right? And, um, but when you want to expand scope or and even responsibilities i always like to recommend that you ask first they do they have the availability do they have the interest and the and the capability to do that and if they are then you can explore what does that look like and and what does that mean as far as what you would want them to do like if you're for example if you're having them do level 3 work and you want them to start a new thing that would be level 5 you have to be clear like hey i i want you to just run with this I, I want, and I don't, you know, go explore it, go take it and run with it, figure it out and uh, let me know what happens kind of thing, which is different than how I've been having you do it before. So be explicit with what you're looking for ahead of time and make sure they agree to it. The example I like to give is uh, it's your sandbox. So you're letting people play how you want them to play in your sandbox, but they have to know how you want them to play when it's before they can play the way you want them to, right? And But when you go to their sandbox, you have to play how they want to play. And so 
the key part is you got to let them know what are what are the rules in my sandbox. Yeah, be really clear about expectations and how you want to work exactly. with your with your virtual assistant. And please remember, you know, for those of you attorney entrepreneurs, delegation is not abdication. I know you're overloaded, and when you get that virtual assistant who demonstrates a glimmer of competence and responsibility, initial take maybe to just shove everything their way wipe your hands with it and go off and do other things. But I promise you that is not going to be a road for success. So, you know, strong delegation, especially up front, means you got to be very clear about what you want them to do. Give them a deadline for when to do it. Make sure you check in with them to make sure they're clear and you've answered all of their questions and that they're on board to work with you on this project to completion. And then just do regular check-ins over time. Yes. We host a kickoff call with our client and the Freedom Maker when they're getting started. And there are a few things we make sure gets covered if it doesn't get covered organically. And that is default turnaround times, default sort of check-in, or how do you want to communicate? Do you want email, Slack, text, phone? What's the best way to communicate? We always recommend that they set up a weekly meeting. Like there are standard things that we always get cover to make sure that that the expectations are clear from that, or the foundations for expectation are off to a good start. Awesome. And Laura, uh, from your point of view, what are some of the real benefits of hiring a virtual assistant versus hiring an actual assistant? I think the nice thing about a virtual assistant is you're really paying for time where they're actually working and and it you get the most out of them when you're systematized. And an, at, an, an assistant who's in the office with you, it it's like sometimes it can be like the tiger grabbing the tiger by the tail where you're just throwing stuff at them and they'll they can keep up because they're there right by your side and yes that might be what you want however that's not very efficient and that doesn't lead to growth whether growth in your firm or just growth and balance of your life and your work whereas if you have a virtual assistant then you might only need them 2 or 3 hours a day when it comes to actual work because they're able to be more productive and more efficient working from home and doing tasks that you genuinely need done versus being pushed and pulled in all different directions based on what's happening throughout the day and you paying for a full day for them to be there. Makes sense. So it's just a lot more efficient, a lot more productive, and you can take advantage of the, you know, the fractional nature of the service so that you don't have to invest all in and and it's a great trial run, you know, if you're if you're someone uh, as an attorney entrepreneur who's on the fence you don't necessarily know that you want to hire somebody full-time. Uh, using a virtual assistant is a great way to get used to working with somebody else without having all of the kind of cost, expense, and responsibility of a full-time employee. That does remind me too, if you sometimes, for example, using social media and client intake, maybe if you have a, an assistant, you would want that someone who could handle both. And that might be harder to find because you need someone who's creative and someone who's more operations focused. But on that fractional nature, you could even have two different assistants, one who's focused purely on the creative side of social media and one who's focused purely on the operational side of client intake. And it still costs you less than having someone, an assistant in the office. So it's fractional for time, but it's also you can fractionalize expertise rather than trying to find one person who can do it all. Awesome. And uh, just another point about Freedom Makers specifically, uh, all of the uh, uh, freedom makers, all the virtual assistants, 
are uh, spouses of U.S. military and everything that goes along with that. So it's not like you're working with an agency offshore somewhere. These are, you know, mostly Americans or married to Americans, typically highly educated people. And uh, as you said, Laura, an amazing resource that we should all try and take advantage of. So as as you think about freedom makers and and the future, what really excites you over the next, I don't know, year, year and a half? Oh my goodness. That so <laughs> so much like so part of the thing for me and my role is I I'm the you know the strategy, the vision person. So I'm always having new ideas. And and part of that is as a small business being able to make sure we can do that wisely and as we have the resources and capacity to do that. And so this year our theme is um quick pivots and micro improvements. So rather than making sort of grand gesture improvements kind of thing. We're just looking at what are the little things we can do to better serve our clients, better serve our freedom makers and continue to grow. And so um, the nice thing about, I don't want to say nice thing, but with the economic uncertainty that's happening right now, it's really helping us to focus on our bread and butter and our foundation, making sure the foundation is strong so that we can continue to grow. And, you know, just the resiliency of American business continues to show that um, through our clients and, and through our freedom makers as well. So, yeah, so for the next year, year and a half, that's what primarily what we're focusing on is, you know, and primarily focusing on four areas. Um, and that is, uh, sales in, in, in the, our sales process, refining that, um, I call it alignment of information flow is our second one, you know, even as, as efficient as we try to be in a system that ties, we try to practice what we preach, you know, you still end up putting things in different places because your systems don't really line up. And so that's one of the things we want to focus on is how do we um, align our information flow so that everything goes where it should and it, and it flows smoothly kind of thing. And then um, refining our marketing and then um, really, you know, continuing to improve how we recruit and train spouses um, to be freedom makers to serve their clients. Love that. And so since you mentioned it, just real briefly, what does that training process look like? Yeah, so for now, right now, we offer a few trainings um, monthly. Uh, we have live training, which we generally will talk about how to thrive as a freedom maker. Um, and then we offer uh, video trainings that tend to be technical in nature, like how to make a graphic in Canva or how to create a template in Asana. Um, you know, how to the live trainings also talk about, you know, how to support your clients in the different ways that they might ask you, or especially if you're balancing multiple clients, that kind of thing. Um, and then we offer things like, because it's a top request, we do offer sort of um, intro level social media, and we offer cybersecurity training, uh, things like that, that are we're getting signals from our clients are very important. Um, in fact, we are looking at offering a Clio training, um, you know, just because we get those signals from our clients, and that's what we work on. Uh, with our freedom makers, they come to us already with so many skills and experience, as you stated earlier, um, they may not know how to translate that into small business language. So we do train on that as well. Um, but also just making sure they they know the latest tools. And, and that's the thing about small business tool, tool too, is if you know one tool within that space, it's pretty easy to pick up on the others, right, in the small business space. So Generally, those are the things we focus on. One of our long-term plans is to have a way more structured training plant program. But for now, that's what we have. And we have mentoring and coaching as well. <laughs> well, it's great that you provide all of that. I mean, training, mentoring, and coaching. A lot of 
these uh, virtual assistant services don't provide that, or if they do, it's not to that level. So that's really, really awesome. And Laura, if someone wants to reach out to you, whether to inquire about Freedom Makers virtual services for themselves or just to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yes, if they would, if they're interested in hiring a Freedom Maker, it's the best way is to go to our website www.freedom-makers.com. Um, that way, they can get scheduled in with our team on uh, more quickly. If they'd like to connect with me to chat about business or uh, anything like that, you know, LinkedIn would be a great place, and also my email Laura at Laura L A U R A at freedom-makers.com. Um, LinkedIn might be faster, but um, so that's why I was saying like, if people want to inquire about hiring a freedom maker, the fastest way is to go through our website to connect with me, email or LinkedIn would be good. Awesome. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being on Laurie Business Advantage today. It's been an awesome conversation. Yeah, thank you. I've enjoyed it. It's been great. Everyone, that is Laura Renner of Freedom Makers Virtual Services. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice. <music>